For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's time for the playoffs. It's time to decide who's going to Vegas. Will it be Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo coming out of the AFC? Is it going to be San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit even coming out of the NFC? Pick your two conference champions, parlay it, and remember... Get your 50% welcome bonus on that first parlay using our promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, when you use the link in the description to this episode at BetOnline Sportsbook. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever you may be listening, thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast, alive on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast, and podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this fun podcasting thing that we do. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. I am so happy to be chatting with all of you on this wonderful and wacky Wednesday, December 10th. I'm sorry, January 10th. This is Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, our sixth different calendar year of doing this wild and wacky Take It Easy podcast thing. Three days a week, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, guarantee you an episode. Occasionally, we'll have some other episodes pop up throughout the Take It Easy podcast world, but we've got three episodes a week here on this show, and then Wired Ups will pop up. Sorry we couldn't get you the Michigan and Washington college football playoff show yesterday, by the way. That's a, that's a drop-the-ball-on-me thing. We've got a, another fun, creative project going on in our lives that uh, kind of took over yesterday, and so I didn't really have enough time to sit down and really put together a podcast, an eloquent, articulate podcast on the college football playoff. So drop the ball. Michigan won the championship. Cool. And uh, they also had Jim Harbaugh suspended for six games during the year. I'm sure we'll talk more about Jim Harbaugh and the whole Michigan thing as uh, the head coaching cycle in the NFL goes along. Speaking of the head coaching cycle in the NFL, that's what I would like to sit down here and just chat with you all about here today on the show because... Our beautiful, beautiful Tennessee Titans, the franchise that we have 
memed ourselves into caring about for years now, ever since the first year of this podcast. It was the second year of Mike Vrabel coaching the Titans. It was Ryan Tannehill taking over midseason for Marcus Mariota. It was Derrick Henry going from being a running back that was drafted in the second round and we all saw was just a crazy physical specimen and had like 98-yard rushing touchdowns, usually against the Jaguars. This physical specimen of a human being that was Derrick Henry went from very good running back to Hall of Fame running back in that 2019 season. The Titans started the year 2-5 and five with Marcus Mariota. We said during that season, and it was, the, the, it was our rooting interest for an entire football season, the Titans were 2-5. and five. We said if the Titans can go from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill at 2-5, and five, that they will make the playoffs. They made the switch. They made the playoffs as the sixth seed. They beat the Patriots in Tom Brady's last game playing for New England, which I don't feel like we talk about enough just how stupid that was. The end of the Patriots as we know it was, well, probably them winning the Super Bowl against the Rams, but Tom Brady throwing a pick six to Logan Ryan in the last game of his of his career in New England, a pick six on the Foxborough field against Mike Vrabel's stupid, fun Tennessee Titans. And from there, the Titans beat the greatest football team I've ever seen in the most ridiculous upset I have ever seen in the NFL playoff format. The Titans beating that 2019 Ravens team was just ridiculous and stupid and a little frustrating. It's part of why I'm I'm rooting in a sense for Lamar Jackson to get to at least the AFC Championship game this year because of that 2019 team that should have gone to the Super Bowl that lost to the Titans in this divisional playoff round. I think because of that, I kind of want Baltimore to have a run this year because I knew how much it stunk that that incredible football team lost to that Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry Titans team. And that team went to the AFC Championship game and we had such a crazy rooting interest in that team. And... Four years later, it only got more stupid. One was Derrick Henry rushing for 2,000 yards and just nobody really caring about it. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. The beautiful Tennessee Titans, who we have memed ourselves into loving on this podcast, they fired Mike Vrabel on Tuesday. And I was surprised that they fired Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel is better than that job in Tennessee. And Tennessee could have traded him to another team and gotten something back in compensation. But they just went for the outright firing of Vrabel so they could get ahead of whatever their next coach was going to be and maybe the second round pick they would have gotten by virtue of trading Vrabel would have only made but so much of a difference for their team. I don't know what the, the... explanation was behind their decision to fire Vrabel, whether Vrabel was ready for a parting of ways, whether he wants to go to the Patriots, if Belichick is going to end up retiring slash leaving on not his own accord, which as of the time of this recording, which is at 3 o'clock p.m. West Coast time on Tuesday, Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the New England Patriots. I put that out there to say Stuff can change in the time since you've heard this podcast, but that's why I don't want to dive into the where is Vrabel going to go next thing. I just want to talk about this beautiful and stupid run 
that the Tennessee Titans have been on for a half decade and the half decade that we've been doing this stupid podcast, 1,300 episodes, and I think at least 4% of them, maybe 5%, have been about the stupid Tennessee Titans in some way, shape, or form. We have memed ourselves into caring about the Tennessee Titans, and now the Tennessee Titans have memed themselves out of relevance. And the thing that I'm worried about now is that the runs don't last at times in this sport. And so this gloriously stupid five-year run that the Tennessee Titans have been on might go into the Hall of Fame of gloriously stupid runs that I have seen in my football lifetime. Like, we used to make the joke when we first started doing this podcast, we used to make the joke for years and years, ever since the Falcons lost Kyle Shanahan and the 28-3 Super Bowl, which I think was now seven years ago, which just sounds wild to think about. But after Kyle Shanahan left and the Falcons went to Steve Sarkeesian as offensive coordinator and then Dirk Cutter as offensive coordinator, and then they fired uh, Dan Quinn and also got rid of Dirk Cutter. But for like three and a half years, the Falcons were in every game we're going to score 30 points. We're going to give up 30 points. Each game is going to be a coin toss. And if you flip a coin enough times, you're going to win 50% of your games. That was basically what the Falcons were for three and a half straight seasons. In the three seasons after the Falcons won the, or, uh, won the NFC and blew the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, they went, I'm not even joking, 25-25 and 25 in the 50 games after that including playoffs. They won a playoff game against the Rams. They lost a playoff game to that year would have been the Eagles. They went 25 and 25, scoring 30 points, giving up 30 points, and every game was going to be stupid in some way shape or form. They also blew like 10 leads in a season one time. Now, did they look up and say we want to correct some of this behavior? Maybe draft some defensive players? Fuck that. No, the Falcons said they were going to go out and get more offensive players and new offensive coordinators to try and replicate uh, and they hired Dirk Cutter who was even more stupid cuz he was the Jameis Winston offensive coordinator. They went out and hired the dude who was responsible for Jameis Winston throwing 4800 yards and 30 touchdowns while also having 30 interceptions. They went out and hired that dude cuz they said, "We have an identity. It's We're scoring 30, they're scoring 30. Are we going to blow some 10-point leads? Fuck yeah, we're going to blow some 10-point leads, but we're also going to have some 10-point comebacks in the fourth quarter. And that was an amazing meme team. It was so much fun. Did they matter in the grand scheme of things of the NFL? No, not really, but they were just super fun and super stupid. And the Falcons team I still talk about with reverence to this day in a way that I don't even talk about Super Bowl champions with the same reverence that I speak of those 2017 to 2020 Atlanta Falcons. I bring all of that up to say, the Titans of Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, they fit the billing of the ultimate respect for you as a meme team. This team has been so goddamn stupid for so many years and I have loved them so much and I know we've gotten away from the Titans as they've been a little bit boring this year and they've pivoted from Ryan Tannehill to Will Levis 
and they were kind of irrelevant for most of the season except for when they were coming back from down 13 points or sorry down 14 points with three minutes to play to somehow beat the Dolphins at home in regulation that ultimately ended up deciding the AFC East title in favor of the Bills over the Dolphins what was so fun and so stupid about these Titans teams in the past though was that every time it came whether it was rooting for them whether it was rooting for them to lose they just kept sucking me in over and over again with something stupid that I shouldn't get passionate about in sports anymore. I've talked about how my cold, cold heart has put up walls over the years around the emotional investment in sports. And I call myself a sports anarchist as a joke because I just root for chaos theory in football. And yet somehow we've memed ourselves into caring about the Tennessee Titans. And I didn't realize this until this time last year when we had Ryan Nanny come on the podcast, which honestly might be one of my favorite interviews ever. If you guys scroll back to the January 2022 episode that we, or sorry, January 2023 episode that we did with Ryan Nanny, it's called Ryan Nanny Go Birds. It's it's one of the funniest, best interviews that we've ever done. Ryan Nanny's the, the person who used to run the Secret Base account on YouTube and worked for SB Nation. He's on the Shutdown Fullcast. It's, it's really, really funny stuff, but that episode for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done was when it dawned on me, because he memed himself into being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, that I kind of memed myself into loving the Derrick Henry Tennessee Titans. And whether it was rooting for them or against them, there was always some sort of stupid emotional investment that we had in a team that normally we should not have cared about. Like the 2017-2020 to Falcons. We should have never cared about those teams, but they were always scoring 30 points, giving up 30 points, Matt Ryan was going to have 350 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks, and they were going to go 8-8, eight and eight. and you knew they were going to go 8-8, eight and eight, but it was going to be the most fun, exciting, stupid, and memeable 8-8 eight and eight that you have ever seen, and, it didn't, and what makes this Titans run even more great in my mind is that it didn't matter if they were going 12-5 or 5-12, there was something stupid always happening with the Titans that for no reason got me emotionally invested, for no good reason got me emotionally invested. So in 2019, like we were saying, first year we were doing this podcast. It was my freshman year of college. We were doing podcasts at six in the morning, out in the cold, just recording for the sake of the practice of doing this sports talk thing. It was really fun. It was really stupid. And we got super emotionally invested in the Titans. We were chanting Tana Hill, Tana Hill, when he was leading comebacks against Kansas City in November to try and get the Titans to the playoffs. And then they got to the playoffs, and then they beat the Patriots. And I think that win against the Patriots in the 2019 wild card was really what pinned it down for me as this is a legendary team. That was the moment that pinned it down for me. Watching that 
Titans team beat that Patriots team was kind of what pinned it down for me on caring about the Titans. And then, like we talked about earlier, bonus, they beat the Ravens because the Ravens went 0-2 on fourth down conversions in the first quarter, despite the fact that they were a 95% conversion rate on the season. I think it was even 97% conversion rate on fourth down in less than two during the season. They went 0-2 on fourth and twos. The Titans got uh, a pick that went through the hands of Mark Andrews and into the arms of Kevin Byard. They went up 14-0 early, and then they just had a Hall of Fame running back sit on a 14-0 lead for the rest of the game, and boom, the Titans ended up winning a stupid result over the Baltimore Ravens, who I still say to this day was the best football team I've ever watched play. The 2019 Ravens were the best football team that I've ever watched and that team lost in the divisional round to the goddamn Tennessee Titans, who lost in the AFC Championship game during Mahomes' first Super Bowl run. So even that puts a special place in my heart. Besides the point, though, the following year, Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards, and nobody seemed to care. It was just like, uh, well, I mean, I know it was the pandemic year, and there was a lot going on, but Week 18 rolled around. Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards. Everyone was like, oh, hey, cool. I guess he rushed for 2,000 yards. I haven't seen a 2,000-yard rusher in 10 years. We hadn't seen more than three in the last 20. I thought it would be a bigger deal when Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards in a season for the Titans, who won the AFC South. Ryan Tannehill made a Pro Bowl. We forget that. And it wasn't a Pro Bowl alternate. In the AFC, which we talk about as having all these incredible, wonderful quarterbacks now, Ryan Tannehill was the third Pro Bowl quarterback. With Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's a real thing that happened. I'm not imagining it. Ryan Tannehill, with the Titans, was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards. The Titans got to the playoffs as the AFC South Pyramid Scheme 4 seed. They lost to the Baltimore Ravens on Super Wildcard Weekend. The Ravens took a team photo on the Titans field. And I felt bad for the Titans. I never feel bad for the Titans. They're stupid. They're fun. But I never feel bad for them. And yet, when they were taking photos on the field of the Ravens, the Ravens were taking photos on their logo after beating the Titans. It was like, oh, hey, now we've got a real rivalry between the Ravens and Titans where each team has gotten one. That sounds stupid to say today. A rivalry between the Ravens and the Titans? Ridiculous. And then the following season, the Titans went 12-5. and I had Derrick Henry on my fantasy team, and my fantasy team won the championship. It's neither here nor there. It was just a reason to watch Tennessee Titan football was by drafting Derrick Henry on my champion fantasy team. But the Titans went 12-5. and They got the number one seed in the AFC on some tiebreakers against Kansas City. I think another team was also 12-5 and that year. But the Titans got the lone bye in the AFC because this was the first year that the playoffs in the NFL had expanded to seven games. And we did so many podcasts talking about how that Tennessee Titans team could have played the eighth seed in the AFC that didn't make the playoffs, which was the Indianapolis Colts in Nashville and the Colts would have been favored to beat the Titans because that was the most fraudulent 12-5 and team ever. And all of a sudden, we went from having this deep emotional investment in the Titans winning, like we did in 2019 and 2020, 
to now a deep emotional investment in watching the Titans lose. So much so that when the Titans did lose their divisional round playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals in a game where Ryan Tannehill threw an interception with a minute to play that almost wasn't an interception in a tie game because Zach Taylor of the Bengals tried to call a timeout right before Logan Wilson intercepted that pass. That game and that Titans loss felt so vindicating of them being the most fraudulent fucking one seed in NFL history. It felt so vindicating of our football analysis that we made this entire two and a half minute montage talking about how loud right we were about how bad the number one seed 2021 Titans were. I found this in the archives and I'm going to play it for you right now. Number one, this 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 was the easiest one to do, although I love me some Patrick Mahomes and I love me some Aaron Rodgers. This is far and away what I'm rooting for the most on Super Bowl Sunday, which is number one, anyone except the Tennessee Titans. That is my number one Super Bowl matchup. I want anyone to play in the Super Bowl other than the Tennessee Titans. It can be the Chiefs. It can be the Bills. It could be the Cincinnati Bengals even. It'd be weird if it was the Cincinnati Bengals, but let it be anyone other than the team I have said consistently is the sixth best team in the AFC. So my number one Super Bowl matchup is get the bleep out Tennessee Titans. I'm just fascinated that the Titans wound up with the number one seed. Uh, That was (laughs) bizarre. I mean... This is the thing that I've said all week, which is I, I know there are tiebreakers, but the tiebreakers are wrong. The tiebreakers were just wrong this year. That The Titans are the ones beat over the Chiefs and the Eagles got in over the Saints. Both of those tiebreakers were just wrong in doing the analysis of who's a better team. Because I know the Chiefs w- the Chiefs could go to Tennessee tomorrow and be seven-point favorites. And well, the fact that they have to play the Steelers on wildcard weekend is unfortunate. I- You take that away from the Titans, they are essentially what the Bengals are, what the Saints are, what the Chargers are, and what the Broncos are, just by taking away Derrick Henry. And so that is why, even with the easy strength of schedule, the Titans were always going to be in jeopardy because they can be beaten on any given Sunday. And I know that's a cliche, but the Titans can't score points. It's the same way the Steelers are, where... I wish the NFL could have gone to 16-team playoff this year so that the Colts could have played the Titans in the first round, gone into Tennessee, and beaten the Titans. Because the Colts are better than the Titans, the Bengals are better than the Titans, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are better than the Titans. That team wins because they get that turnover margin, and I get to be proven right in spectacular fashion that the Tennessee Titans are incapable of scoring points. Is that the schedule does not matter. Yes, the Chiefs may have a really difficult strength of schedule, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still really, really good. The Titans may have an easy schedule the rest of the way, but they're also not very good. So they're going to lose some of these games because the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about with the Saints comparison earlier, they're about the level of an average NFL team. Just here for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That again made me feel happy. It, it was like a little bit of nostalgia, which it, it's weird that the, that was only two years ago and it feels a bit like nostalgia now, but that was a little bit nostalgic for some of the earlier years on the podcast, my college years where we were doing this just as a fun little side project to, to put together. It was, it was kind of fun. It was kind of silly. So the Tennessee Titans in 2021 were 12 and five, got the number one seed in the AFC on some bullshit tiebreakers and Mike Vrabel won coach of the year and they were really good. They were really fun. It was dumb. But it was also the first time in the franchise's 25-year history that the Titans had ever gotten the number one seed. It had never happened before. The Titans had been to the Super Bowl on the, the Music City Miracle, but they had never been the number one seed in the AFC playoff. And... After the Titans got the number one seed in the AFC playoff, they ended up getting a little bit cocky. Just a little bit. Just a little bit cocky. Because A.J. Brown was going through a contract dispute, and A.J. Brown ended up getting traded on draft day to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for the 18th pick in the NFL draft. I think it might have been 16, but 16 or 18. They just traded A.J. Brown for a first-round pick to avoid paying him the $25 million a year for four years that the Eagles paid A.J. Brown as soon as they traded a first-round pick for him. A first-round pick that the Eagles got, by the way, because they had the foresight to take the dead cap hit and trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. Because that was a conditional second-round pick that because Carson Wentz played a certain number of snaps turned into a first-round pick that ended up becoming A.J. Brown. So in a roundabout way, the Eagles traded Carson Wentz for A.J. Brown. Pretty good trade in hindsight. And the Titans got a little bit cocky, traded A.J. Brown for the number 16 pick in the draft. And what did they do with that number 16 pick in the draft? Well, they drafted the position that they had the biggest need at, which was, of course, wide receiver. You just traded away a thousand yard receiver in each of his first three seasons. The only real receiving threat Tannehill had in his entire Pro Bowl run of 2020 they just got rid of their best receiver. And after getting rid of A.J. Brown, and even a little bit before getting rid of A.J. Brown, the Titans kind of just became the, 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 the Colts of wide receivers. And I say the Colts of wide receivers because when Indianapolis lost Andrew Luck to retirement, they basically just had a revolving door of over-the-hill quarterbacks who they tried to get one-year reclamation projects out of. Like, they, they, they went Jacoby Brissett the first year, and then they went... Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Feel like I might be forgetting someone in there. But the point being, like they they went through the revolving door of one year stopgap quarterbacks after losing Andrew Luck. 
And the Titans essentially became that for wide receivers because they were the team who said in 2021, we can get one more year out of Julio Jones. They gave up a second and a fifth for Julio Jones, which wasn't the worst idea in the world. It just didn't work out. Julio Jones' body physically broke down. The, the player who I said he could have been a Hall of Famer at whatever sport he, could, he wanted to play because of how uniquely gifted his body was, ravaged by a decade in the NFL, fell apart by the time he got to the Titans. And then the following year, they said, we can fix Robert Woods. And so they picked up Robert Woods, and he didn't really have much in the tank when he got there, and it was kind of a flop of a season, having Robert Woods be the primary replacement for A.J. Brown, while also drafting Traylon Burks with that 16 pick that they got for A.J. Brown, and nothing else in the trade. It was essentially the 16 pick for A.J. Brown. So they flipped A.J. Brown, got Traylon Burks, and Traylon Burks was not A.J. Brown. Robert Woods was not good enough to compensate for that fact because Robert Woods was part of the wide receiver reclamation projects that the Titans tried to take on for a bunch of years. And by the way, they they got a new general manager and tried it again this year with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So it spans across multiple eras and multiple general managers for the Titans. They went from Julio Jones to Robert Woods to DeAndre Hopkins in the same way that the Colts went from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, trying to find replacements for Andrew Luck. And the Titans got a little cocky the first time they got the number one seed in their franchise's history. And they traded A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. And then A.J. Brown played the Tennessee Titans last season and put up 150 yards as the Eagles went essentially with Jalen Hurts 12-1 and in the regular season and beat the crap out of every team along the way, including the Tennessee Titans. And after the Titans played the Eagles and A.J. Brown dropped 150 yards and two touchdowns on the Titans' defense, they fired the general manager. The general manager who had been there for years. We Back in 2020, we had uh, our friend from 10 Sports join us time and time again. And he always talked about the general manager of the Titans, whose name is escaping me now because I haven't heard it in years. Um, The Titans general manager who had drafted Derrick Henry and did everything. uh, John Robinson, that's who it was. John Robinson, who had been there for like eight years before that, and John Robinson, who had drafted Derrick Henry and tried to draft Marcus Mariota and built that team up to make the AFC Championship game eventually, John Robinson got fired the game after playing A.J. Brown, which I thought was a nice little touch. It's like, we don't want you to be confused about why it is that you're being fired. And so the Titans, who started the season 7-3 and last year, Tannehill got hurt. They went to Malik Willis at a certain point, didn't work out the way they hoped, Malik Willis got hurt, they lost six games in a row, but they still had a chance to backdoor their way into the playoffs in the pyramid scheme AFC South, and the last game of the season, it was Joshua Dobbs signed off the practice squad two weeks prior, Joshua Dobbs leading the Titans into Jacksonville against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, Winner got the AFC South's fourth pyramid scheme playoff spot, and ESPN was paying $50 million for the right to that game, week 18, on the Saturday, 
between Titans and Jags. Joshua Dobbs against the team that had Urban Meyer and the worst record in the league a year before. And I knew all the way going in, the Titans are going to win this game. The Titans are going to win. The Titans are going to get into the playoffs. And they're going to they're going to win the AFC South with this stupid incarnation of a team that fired their general manager, is in salary cap hell because Taylor Lewan is hurt and Derrick Henry's playing hurt and all sorts of stuff like that. In salary cap hell, just fired their general manager, traded A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks because they were getting a little too cocky after getting a bullshit number one seed in the AFC playoffs. But Vrabel's going to pull one out. Vrabel's going to pull it out of his ass. And the Titans are going to hold the ball, win 13-10, to and get the AFC South title over the Jaguars. And then they went out and they fucking did it. They for 46 minutes, I'm sorry, for 56 minutes, they were beating the Jaguars, holding Trevor Lawrence to 10 points. They were doing the muck it up Titans win a game version that they had been doing for years and years in that stupid AFC South. We were rooting so hard for the Titans to prove us right one more time after we were excited about them proving us right in 2019, proving us right in 2020. Proving us right in 2021 by sucking. Now we were back to rooting for the Titans. And the Titans got a strip sack. Got Josh Allen of the Jaguars strip sacked Joshua Dobbs. And it was scooped up by Jacksonville and taken back for a touchdown. And they went from being able to sit on a five-point lead or sitting on a three-point lead to being down four points. And now you need Josh Dobbs to run a two-minute drill. And that's just not going to fucking happen now, is it? Joshua Dobbs can sit on a lead. If your defense holds the Jaguars to 10 points, they can just run the ball down and grind the clock and win one of those 13-10 Mike Vrabel muck-it-up games. And they were so close, so close last year to pulling it off, losing seven games in a row and firing their general manager and still finding a way to get to the playoffs. And they just lost it on a Josh Allen strip sack, going back the other way. They were so close, and yet so far. And then they traded up in the second round to draft Will Levis, signaling that Tannehill was on his way out the door. And then they made it clear partway through the season they were not going to bring back Derrick Henry at the end of this season. Even looked to trade him at the deadline, which honestly would have been a better move to make when the team was losing seven games in a row in 2022 and Derrick Henry still had some trade value. But now he's on an expiring contract and no one really wanted the one-year expiring contract of Derrick Henry, which in fairness, I'm struggling to figure out the spot that Derrick Henry's going to go to next after leaving the Titans. But the Titans stunk this year. They replaced Tannehill with Will Levis at a certain point in the season. They made the call that this was going to be a full teardown with their new general manager, or at least a reset, like this was the rebuilding year, because they've kind of done all the hard losing now. They they got the 11 pick last year. They took Peter Skaronsky. They're going to get the six pick in this year's draft. They'll probably take a blue chip offensive lineman or someone along those lines at the top of the draft. They have their quarterback now. They've kind of done a lot of the hard losing, but I thought Vrabel was going to stick around for the run. 
if you're going to, within 18 months of A.J. Brown getting traded for Traylon Burks, they've now gotten rid of their general manager, rid of their quarterback, rid of their Hall of Fame running back, and I'm just going to go out and say it, best player in Tennessee Titan history. Sorry, Eddie George. Sorry, Steve McNair. Sorry, anyone else. Derrick Henry's the best player in the Tennessee Titans franchise history. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of Tannehill, which, you know, you can get rid of Tannehill. I'm not happy about it. The Tannehill was was Ryan Tannehill purgatorying his way to half a decade quarterbacking the Titans while making $150 million. Wasn't thrilled about Tannehill's career coming to an end, but Tannehill stole $150 million from two different franchises because they couldn't decide if they could do better than having Ryan Tannehill until the Titans finally saw the wheel. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ...fall off, and they were like, you know, maybe, maybe we should... Or at least they got a new voice in the door who's like, I'm not fucking committing long-term to Ryan Tannehill. But besides the point, they got rid of their beautiful, overpaid Ryan Tannehill who did make a Pro Bowl with the Titans. We all saw it. We all saw Ryan Tannehill made a Pro Bowl in the AFC with the Tennessee Titans. It happened. But they're getting rid of Tannehill. They got rid of the general manager. They're going to get rid of of Derrick Henry. And as we come to find out now, Mike Vrabel was on his way out the door anyways, even though I think it would have been better if they had traded Vrabel somewhere else. But in their last ride together, they, on Sunday, had the game that was kind of like a hats-off moment to you. Because the the Titans stunk this year. They were going into the last week of the season going to have a top-five pick in the draft. And they would have had a top two pick in the draft potentially if they hadn't won that game against the Dolphins where they were down 14 points with three minutes left to play. And on the way out the door, the the whole run coming to an end because they fired the general manager the game after A.J. Brown torched him in his first game back in Tennessee. I think the game was in Philadelphia, but still. First game against the Titans, torched the Titans, fired the general manager, New guy comes in, Rand Carthon from the Niners, and says, Tannehill, bye. Derrick Henry, bye. Vrabel, bye. We're starting over with Will Levis, with two blue chip top 11 picks, Peter Skaronsky and whoever they pick this year, uh, with pick six in the draft. He said, to hell with all of you. We're starting over. We're resetting cap space. We're starting over. We're building something new. We've missed the playoffs two years in a row. We're starting something new in Tennessee. In their final ride together, in a forgettable season where, in in actuality, the only thing I remember from this Titans season is Will Levis throwing three touchdowns in a game to DeAndre Hopkins, them coming back from 14 points in three minutes against the Dolphins, and losing a lot of games. That's basically all I remember from this Titans season. At the end of that run, the Titans got one final game at home. At the end of this five-year run of Tannehill... Derrick Henry, Vrabel, 
all three of them are leaving at the end of the season. This is their swan song, their final game in Tennessee together. The stupid meme team that we have spent 4% of our time talking about sports for the last five years discussing in some way, shape, or form. The Titans, who we hated, loved, but always found a way to emotionally invest in a stupid team that really won about 50% of their games during the five-year run. I should figure out how many games did the Titans win during this five-year stretch where we have been emotionally invested in the Titans' success. Let's see, they were 2-5 and five to start that first season. So they went 9-7 and seven the rest of the way. So that's 7-2, and two, two playoff wins, 9-3. and three. Then they went... 23 and 10 that's 52 and or 32 and 13 then they lost 21 more games 34 add in 33 and 34 add in 46 and 34 during a or sorry they lost two playoff games also 46 and 36 five-year run for the titans this wonderful 46 and 36 run together the Titans had one final swan song together. Five and seven, five and eleven. Brabel, the worst season he's ever had as a coach. First losing season, first time ever he's had a season where he wasn't playing for something going into the last week of the season, which seems kind of crazy to think about them firing him, despite the fact that in six six years. He never played a game that didn't have some sort of meaning behind it. They were never eliminated from playoff contention until these last three weeks. Vrabel, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, final game, final swan song of this stupid 46 and 36 run that they've had together over the last five years. Beat the crap out of the Jaguars, knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs, gave the Colts the AFC South title and the number four seed as is obligatory for the last decade, always the number four seed, except for the one year that the Titans were the one seed, even though they were worse than the four seed in the AFC that year because they lost to the fucking four seed Cincinnati Bengals in that 2021 playoffs. Always the fourth best team in the AFC, always getting the obligatory home game because someone had to win the AFC South. The Titans, one final swan song, 34-17, to Beat the beat the Jaguars so bad the Jaguars fired their entire defensive staff at the end of the game. Defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, cornerbacks coach, everyone fired at the end of the of that game because in their final game together, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel, Tannehill only playing because Will Levis was hurt. The three of them together, all about to go their separate ways putting a cap on this stupid 46-36 and five-year run of the Titans that is all-time meme legendary lore in this podcast history. They went out on top with a victory, and I'm just so goddamn fortunate to have cared, to have been doing a podcast during this time, to have memed ourselves into caring about this perfectly above-average Tennessee Titan playoff run, a playoff run that resulted in two playoff wins, three playoff losses, and a whole lot of stupid fun memories to remember them by. Like I said before, I will speak more fondly of this stupid Tennessee Titans team than I will about anything Tom Brady did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he won a Super Bowl there. 
I will speak more fondly of this football team. This five-year run of Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Mike Vrabel, and the stupid, stupid Tennessee Titans who we have found a meme team for a generation. The meme team of a generation went out the way that they came in, which was making other teams incredibly infuriated by the fact that they lost to the goddamn Tennessee Titans. Thank you for all of the wonderful, stupid, fun memories that you gave us, Mike Vrabel, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and this stupid five-year run of the Tennessee Titans in the stupid five years that we've been doing this podcast together. Salute to all of you. You deserve a proper eulogy, and I hope that this 45-minute Titan podcast did you guys justice. So thank you, Tennessee Titans. Thank you to this podcast and all of the stupid fun memories that they have given us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. Thank you for listening, supporting all of the stuff that you continue to bring us here on this very fun and very stupid podcast. It is all very, very greatly appreciated. I so greatly appreciate all of you, and I'm excited for all the stupid fun content that we'll be hitting you with coming up over the coming weeks as we get really, really, really excited for NFL playoffs. I'm so excited for these 10 games that are about to come up in the NFL playoffs. It's so fun. It's so stupid, and I can't wait to have some more fun, stupid content with all of you guys. So thank you for stopping in. We will chat with you again tomorrow, and in the meantime, take it easy. Number one, this 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 was the easiest one to do, although I love me some Patrick Mahomes and I love me some Aaron Rodgers. This is far and away what I'm rooting for the most on Super Bowl Sunday, which is number one, anyone except the Tennessee Titans. That is my number one Super Bowl matchup. I want anyone to play in the Super Bowl other than the Tennessee Titans. It can be the Chiefs. It can be the Bills. It could be the Cincinnati Bengals even. It'd be weird if it was the Cincinnati Bengals, but let it be anyone other than the team I have said consistently is the sixth best team in the AFC. So my number one Super Bowl matchup is get the bleep out Tennessee Titans. I'm just fascinated that the Titans wound up with the number one seed. Uh, that was <laughs> bizarre. I mean... This is the thing that I've said all week, which is I, I know there are tiebreakers, but the tiebreakers are wrong. The tiebreakers were just wrong this year. That The Titans are the ones beat over the Chiefs and the Eagles got in over the Saints. Both of those tiebreakers were just wrong in doing the analysis of who's a better team. Because I know the Chiefs, w- the Chiefs could go to Tennessee tomorrow and be seven-point favorites. And well, the fact that they have to play the Steelers on wildcard weekend is unfortunate. I- You take that away from the Titans, they are essentially what the Bengals are, what the Saints are, what the Chargers are, and what the Broncos are, just by taking away Derrick Henry. And so that is why, even with the easy strength of schedule, the Titans were always going to be in jeopardy because they can be beaten on any given Sunday. And I know that's a cliche, but the Titans can't score points. It's the same way the Steelers are, where... I wish the NFL could have gone to 16-team playoff this year so that the Colts could have played the Titans in the first round, gone into Tennessee, and beaten the Titans. Because the Colts are better than the Titans, 
the Bengals are better than the Titans, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are better than the Titans. That team wins because they get that turnover margin, and I get to be proven right in spectacular fashion that the Tennessee Titans are incapable of scoring points. Is that the schedule does not matter. Yes, the Chiefs may have a really difficult strength of schedule, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still really, really good. The Titans may have an easy schedule the rest of the way, but they're also not very good, so they're going to lose some of these games. Because the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about with the Saints comparison earlier, they're about the level of an average NFL team. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.